Well, good morning. Again, it is good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. It is my privilege to be able to share with you from God's word this morning. If you haven't picked up on maybe the theme today, the theme is the gospel. The gospel of Jesus. That is our message this morning. That is the message of the church. That is our only message is Jesus. Just want to say a few things before we dive in. Number one, uh, my parents made it back to Strasbourg, France, uh, Saturday morning. They arrived safely. Praise the Lord that they got all their documents and everything worked out. I believe they're actually watching this morning. So glad that they're with us, but glad that they made it back to where they are serving safely. Also want to uh, welcome my in-laws this morning who are here visiting with us. So happy that uh, they are here with us. But something that's been on my heart, especially lately, is where we are as a church, not necessarily First Alliance, just where the church as a whole is where is our message at right now? I feel like with what's going on in our culture, with the pandemic, with politics, the gospel message can get easily lost in the mix. And I kind of just want to bring us back to what is our message? What are we trying to proclaim? What are we trying to live out as the people of God? What is it that Jesus is calling to? And the thing is, when we are not having the gospel of Jesus at the forefront of all that we do, of all that we're living out and proclaiming, other gospels start to creep in. Gospel of politics, the gospel of comfort, even the gospel of the American dream starts to sink in and we get complacent to just being where we're at and not having to do anything but here's the thing, our world needs the gospel right now. They need to hear the message of Jesus because there is no hope other than Jesus, amen? <laughs> the gospel is the foundation of our faith. But here's a challenge maybe for us this morning is that the gospel of Jesus is not only the way that we enter into the kingdom when we come to faith. The gospel of Jesus is how we live in the kingdom of God. It is the way that we follow him. The tr our faith in him is something that we live out every single day. I think sometimes what we do, and I'm speaking to myself here, is that we treat the gospel like a trophy that we put on our mantle for people to see we only bring it out when someone enters into our comfort zone and then we'll tell someone about it. You see, the gospel is not a trophy that we earned. It is a gift from Jesus and it is a weapon against the enemy, against darkness. It is light in a dark world. And so I wanna dive in this morning. We're gonna be talking and reading through Galatians chapter one. Uh, verses 1 through 12. And Paul, the apostle, gives us a little bit of a warning, a little bit of a shakeup of reminding us where the true gospel is and what happens if when we allow other things to creep in and other things to take place of our message. So if you turn with me to Galatians chapter 1, let's read this. I'm going to be reading all the way through verse 12. 
Actually, can I pray real quick? Let's ask the Lord to speak to us this morning. Heavenly Father, Lord, we praise you this morning because you are good, because you have given us life and peace and joy through your son, Jesus. Lord, speak to us now through your word. Speak to us where there's any way that is in us that is, does not belong to you, that is not surrendered to you, that is not fully devoted to your kingdom. So Lord, we are here to hear from you, to meet with you, and to grow in our faith and knowledge of you. I pray all these things in your name. Amen. Galatians chapter 1, verses 1 through 12. Paul, an apostle, sent not from man nor by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers and sisters with me to the churches in Galatia. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. Even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preached is not of human origin. I did not receive it from any man nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. May God bless the reading of his word. And so the Apostle Paul begins this letter to the church in Galatia, just kind of establishing who he is, his position. I am an apostle sent not by man. The church didn't send me. The, the disciples didn't send me. Jesus sent me who was raised from the dead by God. So he's kind of setting his authority right now. Like, I'm not coming to you in my own ambition. I'm not coming to you with my own idea or telling you what to do. I'm coming from Jesus, who was raised from the dead by God. That is my authority. So he's kind of starting off strong. And he came to them. Let me go back real quick. And then he goes on to verses, okay, there he is, sorry. <laughs> he talks, Paul an apostle sent not from men nor by a man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. And he establishes who he is. And then he goes on to talks about grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ who, who Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins and rescued us from the present evil age. You see, here he states the gospel. The gospel is at the forefront of his mind when he's talking to the church. He wants them to know that it is Jesus who is saved. He's reminding them that it is Jesus who died for our sins and he rescues us from the present evil age. You see, he not only gave us, gave himself for our sins, but he also gave himself to rescue us from being slaves to this world and from the pattern of our sin. 
the evil age that he is referring to here is the state of the world that we're living that is living apart from Jesus until he returns. And so he establishes the gospel message here in the starting of his letter, but then he goes on and he starts to call them out on what's going on in the church. In verse six, he says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. You see, what was going on in the church of Galatia is that Paul, a couple years before, had come and presented the gospel, helped establish the church, but already a couple years later, they were being swayed by false teachers who were coming in telling them, who were telling the Gentiles who were coming to faith that they had to be circumcised in order to be baptized. And Paul's like, wait a second, that's not the gospel that we preach to you. You come by faith in Jesus. There are no other regulations. There are no other prerequisites for coming to Jesus, just that you come in faith. And these false teachers were distorting the gospel. They were swaying them from the message. I think a lot of times in the church, we get, when we get comfortable and we want to make sure that we're living the gospel correctly, we start adding rules and regulations and prerequisites that God never put in his message. When I was in college, I was uh, at a Bible college in South Carolina, and I was part of a ministry team. It's called Arca Ecclesia, Church in a Box. Uh, we had worship. We had someone who, a couple people who would preach, but we also had a drama team. And, and we would travel throughout the city of Columbia, going to the prison, going to um, the homeless shelters, some churches. But we had an opportunity once to go to a military retreat for Fort Jackson, where people who were in basic training would come and would just have a time away during their basic training. And so we went, we were able to share the gospel and meet with them. And after we were done doing our presentation and our time of worship, we would go and sit down and talk with um, the, the soldiers who were there. And I started having a conversation with this couple, this man and woman, and I started talking to them about church and just their history and their experience. And the man told me that he had gone to church once before and he never went again. And I asked him, why was that? Well, his girlfriend at the time invited him to come to church. And he went with her, he was really curious about it. And so they were sitting down in one of the pews and someone came, one of the ushers, and told him that he had to leave. And he's like, why? Why do I need to go? And he said, because of the tattoos on your arm, you can't be in here. I was like, that's a thing still? Well, it was the South, but um, that was probably, that was 13 years ago. But I was just amazed, like, why would we keep anyone from hearing the message of the gospel? Why would we keep anyone who wants to come through these doors from hearing about Jesus? I was amazed. This is not the gospel that Jesus preached. He calls whoever may come, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Bring them all, all those who are weary, who are troubled, come to the Lord. And Paul warns us against this, from adding these rules, these regulations that were not taught by Jesus, 
because that's not the gospel. You are turning away from the gospel. And so Paul warns us in these next few verses what should happen if anyone should be teaching a gospel other than the one that he first preached to them in Galatia. Verses eight. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. I mean, that's a bold statement. If anyone, an angel from heaven, were to appear before you, which would be pretty amazing, and starts preaching to you, telling you, well, actually, this isn't true about Jesus. You should think, start believing this about Jesus. Let them be under God's curse. Verse 9, as we have already said, now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than the one you accepted, let them be under God's curse. The gospel is so precious that he thinks that anyone who preaches to you something else should be condemned. I mean, the gospel message is so sacred and is of great importance that you can't get this wrong. If you do, the consequences are dire. Paul is even saying that if I start preaching gospel, if I do this, fire me. because I'm not leading you to Jesus if I do that. The stakes are too high for us to get the gospel wrong. We need to lead people to Jesus and not away from Jesus. It's about his saving work of grace. It's not our, about our good works. It's not about our righteousness. And that's what kind of the book of Galatians, Paul will go on later to talk about. This book is pretty much the theology for the gospel, that we are not justified by our own righteousness. We are not justified by the things that we do, but we are justified by faith in Christ alone. It is all about Jesus and in his righteousness and his saving work. But I think sometimes we get into rhythms of relying on our own good works. If I do enough good things, if I make myself right and acceptable, God will accept me. If I'm gonna be honest this morning, I have lived that way. I didn't think I believed that, but in my actions, I would say most of my 20s, you talk about being a good Christian. A lot of times we think going to church, going to Bible study, not hanging out with this group of people, not associating with these people who are labeled this way, that that means that we are in good standing with God. And it has nothing to do with Jesus. It has nothing to do with his righteousness. Tim Keller, who's a pastor in New York, famous author, says this about religion. This is what the world says about God. That if you obey God, if you do all the right things, then you will be accepted. If you're just good enough, if I just try hard enough, if I make myself acceptable, if I clean my act up, God will accept me. But that's not the gospel. The gospel is, if you are absolutely accepted and sure you're accepted because of Jesus' work on the cross, because of Jesus' perfect life, because of his righteousness, only then will you begin to obey. Only then will you begin to worship. 
See, Jesus doesn't want us to keep striving because he knows where that leaves us when we try to do things on our own. He wants us to depend on his good works. Because of Jesus Christ, we are fully accepted before God. There is nothing that you have to do to earn the grace of God. We are saved by grace through faith alone. That is his message. Galatians 2, 15 through 16, Paul kind of summarizes this. We who are Jews by birth and not sinful Gentiles know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus so that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. As I said before, it is not about our righteousness. It's about Christ's righteousness in us. I think we sometimes use the gospel, we use the Bible as just kind of like our reference. We go back to it when we feel like we need to feel good about ourselves. We, we go back to it when we say, hey, we need a pick-me-up. Hey, I'm kind of falling away from Jesus. I need to go back and look at this so I can make sure I'm doing all the right things. But that's not why God, God gave us his word. That's not what God has called us to. Tim Keller also says, the Bible's purpose is not so much to show you how to live a good life. The Bible's pur purpose is to show you how God's grace breaks into your life against your will and saves you from the sin and brokenness otherwise you would never be able to overcome. Church, we have to be honest with ourselves about our spiritual condition, that we need a savior that we need an outside source to come in and deal with our sin and break us free from this endless effort to try and do things on our own. We are called to put our faith in Jesus and rest in him. So he calls us not to a works gospel, not to a gospel where we achieve salvation on our own because we can't. And Paul warns us of this. And so what is the gospel of Jesus? We've been referencing it throughout this time, but what is the gospel? I can tell you what, it was not made up by man. It could not have been. Verses 11 and 12, Paul says, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preached is not of human origin. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ, a certain revelation from Jesus Christ. And you want to know how we can trust Paul with this statement? Because Paul was not saved. He was not brought by the disciples. He was not evangelized by the church of that day. Jesus Christ himself came to him on the road to Damascus, a full-on personal revelation, and was called by God in that moment. He's like, I didn't receive this from any man. Because if you go back and look at Paul's history, he persecuted the church. He killed the church. He killed Christians. That was his job. That's what he did. And yet he's now telling us that we need to put our faith in Jesus. How the only way that kind of transformation happens is when you come face to face with Jesus Christ. And Paul is saying, this is not something I made up. Peter didn't teach it to me. The other apostles didn't teach it to me. It came from Jesus himself. And the gospel message is this. 
in Acts 4.12 also says, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind that must be saved. Tim Keller also says the gospel is this, that we are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe. We need to be honest about that. That's the truth. But there's hope. There's the other side of that. Yet at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. See, the gospel of Jesus is a message of grace and truth. I do think sometimes we pick a side here. Some of us like the truth of the gospel, but we don't really bring the grace of the gospel with it. You see, in John chapter 1, it says, The word became flesh. Jesus came to us and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. You see, truth without grace is devastating. If we just come face to face face with our sin and don't apply the hope that we have in Jesus, if we just tell people that they are sinners and they're living the wrong way, how, do you, how effective do you think our message is going to be? We're gonna see more people walk out. If you're trying to preach against sin but do not offer the hope of the cross of Christ, then we aren't sharing the full gospel. So many have left the church because we were trying to fix their behavior instead of pointing them to the one who wanted to change their heart because that is what Jesus is after. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. He wants to transform us completely. You see, we can line out the facts, and we can quote all the scripture in the world of telling people that they need to repent of their sin. But if we are not doing it in a way that is loving and is like Christ, then we're wrong. If Jesus is not present there, the hope of the cross then we're not giving them the full gospel. But then there's the other side. Grace without truth is just fluff. That also is not the full gospel. I know sometimes we don't want to offend anyone. We just want everyone to feel good about themselves. But even Paul says in verse 10, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ Jesus. There was a church many years ago. The pastor only spoke about grace. Grace, grace. God loves you. God loves you. Yes, that is true. God loves you and there is grace. And the church grew and it grew and it was a packed house every Sunday. Then the pastor decided to switch things up. He started to speak on holiness and our need to repent before a holy God. And the church was cut almost in half. You see, when the gospel is pretty easy when we have no expectations, when there's no call to repentance. But without the sense of our own sin and coming to that reality, the knowledge of God's grace will not be transforming. 
we will not see lives change for the kingdom. You see, Jesus calls us to live a transformed life that can only happen when we surrender every area of our life to him. It's grace and truth. That is our message. I want to invite the worship team to come up. What does the gospel mean to you this morning? If someone were to ask you to explain the gospel to them, what would you say? A year ago, I think this is a, a very, at least for me, a very profound explanation of the gospel, especially in my own life. John Stumbo, who is the president of the Christian Missionary Alliance, said this last year in a message that he gave, that Jesus is worthy of everything that you are. He is worthy of our worship. He is worthy of our surrender because he lived the life that we could not, the worthy life. He was an acceptable sacrifice on the cross and he was raised from the dead. He is worthy of our surrender and our worship. But Jesus, while he is worthy of everything that you are, he is also sufficient for everything that you need. You don't have to try and make yourself perfect. You don't have to try and live by your own righteousness or good works. We live in the sufficiency of Christ Jesus because he did everything that we could not. You see, this was Jesus' message when he came. In Luke chapter 4, verse 18, this, he says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoner and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free. Is our gospel Jesus' gospel? Here's how you know that we are proclaiming his gospel. Is our gospel good news to the poor? Does our gospel give sight to the blind? Is our gospel setting the oppressed free? Because that's what Jesus came to do. That was his message. Is that our message to the world? Are we living out that gospel in the city of Orlando, among our family, our friends, our coworkers? I know sometimes we easily fall back into old habits. But Jesus gives us a way for us to remember. He gives us a way to come back to his gospel, to remember his message. This morning we are invited to the table, which represents the gospel of Jesus. He says, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim my death, you proclaim my sacrifice, you proclaim the gospel message. And for us who are believers this morning, for us who say that we have faith in Jesus, he gives us an opportunity to make sure that we are aligned with him, that the spirit of God in, that has been given to us is reorienting our life and our message with his. 
And for those who have not put your faith in Jesus, he is inviting you also this morning to partake of his table, maybe for the first time. Because Jesus came for you this morning. He came to bring a message of hope and life to all who would receive. There is no prerequisite here. There's nothing you have to do to make yourself clean, right? He simply invites you to come and allow his saving work to do the rest. What an amazing gospel, what an amazing savior we have in Jesus Christ. I wanna invite Chris and Jose, if you would come forward as we prepare to administer and partake of communion together. If you would just bow your heads, close your eyes. Paul gives us a warning and rebuke this morning, but he also gives us a message of hope. That we don't have to look out in the world. We don't have to depend on our own righteousness. We simply have to come to Jesus and allow him to transform us to make us like himself, to allow his spirit to enter into our lives and shape us and free us from our sin, heal us from all unrighteousness and brokenness, the things of this world that burden us and keep us from following him. It's also a message for those who've been oppressed, those who are marginalized, those who feel like they are the least of these, there is hope for you this morning. Because he says, all may come into my kingdom through Jesus. If you have not fully surrendered your life to him, Jesus is waiting. He is calling you. Do not let this moment go by without hearing his voice, without surrendering your life to him. And when we come to this table this morning and we partake, we proclaim the gospel of Jesus, that he is everything that we need.